All right. Well, thanks for joining us today. We have Richard Fernandez with the Seattle Public Utilities. Uh, he is a civil engineer, a project manager, super passionate about diversity, about sustainability is one about. He has won several awards for diversity with the city of Seattle. Uh, he also headed up the uh, report card committee for the state of Washington. So with the American Society of Civil Engineers, each state puts together a report card that uh, critiques the infrastructure within the state. So he was in charge of leading a team of volunteers that created several different categories of infrastructure within the states and reported it to the legislature. He's been very influential and um, important in all of those different areas. So with that, thank you, Richard, for joining today and for talking. Um, I guess maybe first, if you can give me or give us a little update as far as uh, what's going on right now and what you're working on. Awesome. No, thanks. Thanks. That was a great intro. Um, and what am I working on right now? It's, it's crazy times we're living in, right? So um, definitely a lot of change. Um, and one of those was actually a plan change I had going kind of coming into 2020. Um, kind of got flipped on its head a little bit, but um, I am in the process right now of moving from Washington State to Arizona, um, kind of on like a long-term temporary basis. Uh, so I'll be in the Phoenix area. And um, over this next year, I uh, plan to start something up on my own. So um, I want to be able to offer you know, professional engineering services um, and including you know, design build um, services. So that's like a project delivery method and uh, sustainability consulting. So those are kind of areas that I've been working on or involved with throughout my career. And I feel like I'm at a point now where I can you know confidently be able to uh, offer that up to yeah project owners um you know other firms that need help uh, within those areas that's yeah, that's yeah, a big big um big shift for me coming soon that's so awesome so awesome so um, okay, so can you tell us a little bit about um, kind of maybe your backstory or, or you know what led you into getting into civil engineering? Wow. Well, I grew up in, well, I was born and raised in El Centro, California, which is an imperial county, um, yeah, not on the coast. It's actually, it borders uh, Mexico to the south, Arizona to the east, and San Diego County to the west, if you can kind of picture where that is. Um, and, you know, I, I loved growing up there. It was a great place. It was very rural, agricultural, um, very Mexican, I would say vast majority is is you know hispanic population and um so yeah culturally i feel like it is you know it's it's very um yeah mexican um and um love it i just love it because it was just um i was able to just yeah play outside until the lights came on kind of thing and i just roamed around town all the time and um yeah looking back on that i always um, I feel like very lucky to have had that type of childhood. Um, and then right around eighth grade, so late in my eighth grade year, my mom moved us to San Diego. And so that's where I kind of got like a culture shock. Like even though it's not that far away, it was like an hour and a half away. Um, but it was a big city compared to what I was used to growing up in. And it was 
a lot more diverse. I mean, there's a lot of different, you know, just type of people, um, including, you know, a lot of people that like just didn't like me. I didn't really know why, right? Um, but um, it was just, yeah, a big change that I just despised my mom for at the time. Um, you know, how dare you move me from all my friends and stuff as I'm like getting into like my whatever teenage years or something. But looking back on it now, I like, I'm, I actually am very thankful. I think, I think it actually, you know, it's one of those things that's like built character or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, I really, really, really uh, um, love San Diego now. Now San Diego has like a, you know, very special place in my heart. Um, and so where, where do I go from there? I guess, um, you know, when I, when I started college, um, I knew that I enjoyed math and science and um, kind of eventually kind of took a, it's basically took my first year to figure out that I wanted to do engineering and then um, kind of landed at civil engineering because I just, at that time, um, there was a lot of like uh, track home development in San Diego, like kind of like a lot of these kind of urban sprawl areas or it's just huge, you know, developments of single family homes. And me and my friends would hang out at some of these construction areas. And um, I could just see like all of the planning and thought and, um, you know, the, just the structured process um, for grading and setting up really a lot of like that kind of um, land development aspect of it. And I remember just asking somebody like, what is that? What is, you know, what are these straw bales about? What's, you know, what's these kind of, what are they doing here with this grading equipment? I didn't know what engineering was. I couldn't spell engineering in high school. So, uh, so yeah, somebody that at some point named it as civil engineering to me, and I'm like, I want to do that. Like, that's, yeah, like, I'm willing to, you know, challenge myself and do engineering. And, um, yeah, I can see, like, yeah, this could probably get me outside. Um, so, yeah, I just went down that path, and then, yeah, um, I was able to, uh, worked for the Department of the Navy. San Diego is a big Navy town. Um, so out of college, I worked for the Navy for five or six years. And then after that point, I moved to where I am now at the city of Seattle. Um, also very fortunate in being able to work on a you know large, complex, mega project that has a lot of um, um, great experience that goes along with it. Um, so yeah, I get to like lead teams and things on that huge project. It's It's I just feel so fortunate, but, um, but yeah, I would never have guessed that growing up in Imperial County, California. <laughs> so cool. Is that the Ship Canal project that you're talking about? That's right. Yep. The Ship Canal Water Quality Project. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So it's, um, so in a lot of parts of the country, there's combined sewer systems, um, and which is basically one set of pipes for both um, sewer so sanitary sewer from businesses and homes and stormwater. So on dry weather days, that sewer system is just operating normal like any other sewer system, like a separated sewer system where you have separate pipes. Uh, but then on rainy days, these, these pipes basically get inundated, flooded. Um, they just reach their capacity really quick when it rains. And so there's relief points designed into the system basically along all the surface water edges um so in seattle elliott bay lake washington lake union um and the ship canal and 
they, there's these outfalls for relief points. And so, um, so instead of backing up that sewage, you know, that combined sewage, so stormwater, wastewater, instead of backing up into homes and things, it, it, it flows out untreated into these receiving water bodies. And so there's a huge impact to the water quality. Every time it rains, it's a negative impact. So, you know, most of the public are used to seeing signs at water's edges and say, hey, if it's rained recently, do not go swimming in this area. There's, you know, fecal coliform and all kinds of, whatever we're throwing in the sewers, it's basically in there. So um, this project basically captures what would flow out through those outfalls and basically just dump, you know, polluted, untreated wastewater into the waterways. And we, you know, install a bunch of infrastructure to divert that into a deep underground storage tunnel. Um, so that construction just kicked off and it's like a 2.7 mile tunnel, 18 feet, 10 inch inside diameter, fairly large tunnel, similar to like a transit tunnel size. Um, and then that thing just operates like a giant tank. So the tunnel looks like a tunnel, smells like a tunnel, a stinky tunnel. Uh, and um, so then it just operates like a tank. It fills up during those storm events. And then after the storm passes and it's dry again, um, that tunnel will be drained kind of slowly into the sewer system once there's you know space in those pipes again. Okay. So yeah. Big project. I think it's about $570 million project. So it's a huge investment for the city and a huge yeah, environmental um, public benefit too. Yeah, that's super cool. So how long have you been on that project? I've been on that project since I moved here, um, which was in 2015. So um, actually I just hit my five-year anniversary, work anniversary, I think it was yesterday. So yeah, I've been on the project for five years now. And at that point, we basically had like a problem statement and some environmental planning documents done but no design um you know very very little scoping in terms of the design so that's basically when i came on was kind of that preliminary design phase that's why i was hired i was hired onto that project okay and did you say it's just starting construction now we started construction on like site preparation on that main tunneling site in 2018 Okay. Um, and then what just kicked off was the actual tunnel, um, and it's not tunnel boring. We won't be boring the tunnel until like next year, but uh, they've started on drilling these shafts. So before you tunnel, you gotta, for these sewer, sewage tunnels, you have to yeah, dig these really, really large, deep shafts with actually from a structural engineering standpoint, they're very fascinating. Um, and yeah, once those shafts are complete, it basically takes about a year just to construct these shafts. Okay. Um, then we'll launch that tunnel boring machine and it'll be on its way. So that goes through the shaft? Is that what they use to access the, or is that uh, like a maintenance shaft or what are like the, what are the shafts that you're talking about? Are, yeah, so that's a great question. There's, there's multiple shafts. There's the, the, the largest shaft is that tunnel launch site. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's where the tunnel will be launched from. And then as that tunnel machine is doing its thing, it's sending out all those soils th up through the shaft and then out. Um, and then there's uh, like two intermediate shafts along the alignment. And then there's an, a shaft at the end point. So what is that? That's four shafts. And then there's a micro tunnel that connects um, a separate part of the city to this tunnel. Um, 
<clears throat> so it's just it's still a large tunnel. They just call micro tunnels because they're operated remotely, but um, similar idea. And so that one has another shaft. So there's five shafts total. Okay. Okay. And what did you say the diameter was of the main Eight, tunnel? Eighteen feet ten inches. Okay. Which also happens to be like the pretty standard size of a transit tunnel. So there's economies okay. um, to be able to size it similar to that. Gotcha. All the drilling machinery and everything is probably, I mean, like the, um, the auger or whatever they're using to drill it, right? Like that's, that's yep. probably the same one that they're using for transits, right? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Super fascinating stuff there. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I, I, you know, I, I live every day, you know, day in and day out on this project. So, yeah, and, and I never know how, yeah, people like, you know, receive it. it Their is. eyes are just glazing over right now. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> no, I think that was perfect. I mean, you didn't get super detailed, so we're, we're good, I think. So, uh, so when you were growing up, what, I mean, what did you think you wanted to be when you, like, when you grew up, when you, like, say, when you were in elementary school? So when I was small, um, so I'm the youngest uh, of three, and, you know, I remember we, you know, I was, I was very argumentative. This is like a light way to put it, but I was the youngest, you know, I get picked on, and I was always like, I, I found like being right was important. Um, I think, I hope I've grown out of that a little bit, but, um, <laughs> but I love to argue, and I would, honestly, I would just love an argument. I, to this day, I do enjoy like healthy debate. I love just, I love talking to people that don't agree with me um, and then sharing ideas like why we don't and, and our views and, you know, with an, with an, with a willingness, you know, change my mind. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, sorry. Um, so yeah, when I was little, I, somebody at some point named, you know, uh, you'd be such a good lawyer or something. You'd love to argue. Cause yeah, I would argue with my parents. I'd argue with, you know, everybody. And, uh, so I thought that, yeah, like, you know, oh, I would be a great lawyer. Somebody said that at some point. So I'd love to be a lawyer. Um, and then I would say in high school, probably when I was in high school, that's when I identified this kind of like draw to the built environment, buildings mainly. I didn't even know what was underground. I didn't know there was a whole, yeah, you know, world underground in large cities. But um, uh, I, yeah, I just really enjoy just, appreciating architecture, looking at the built environment, thinking about, you know, this was a big construction boom time. So yeah, thinking about all the, you know, design considerations, I didn't have the vocabulary for it at the time, but, um, you know, that goes into site design and the buildings and everything. It was all like really interesting to me. And so anyway, I wanted to be an architect. And at that point, that's, that's, I knew I wanted to be an architect and I started even, you know, buying books and, um, you know, my mom, I remember he, she used to subscribe to Architectural Digest. This is when magazines were still around. Um, and I would love it. I was like, magazines. I still read magazines all the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're the reason why they have those magazines in the store. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and then that's what I started studying when I went into college. You know, I started out at community college, by the way, coming out of high school. Um, I did not take school seriously in high school. So, you know, coming, you know, coming out of, of high school, I was like, this is what I want to study. And then in that time, it's kind of when I realized that architecture is probably more art. I don't know if this is a controversial statement, if there's any architects out there, but like, it's, it's probably just as much art, if not more art than anything else. And 
I love being able to flex my creative muscles every once in a while, but I don't, I didn't see myself as like this creative artist type. And so that's where I was like, you know, architecture is not right. I definitely enjoy, yeah, the math and science and what I thought was, um, what I thought was architecture, which is probably actually structural engineering. That's probably what I was more interested in. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, went to, so I switched into from architecture to engineering, didn't know what, you know, um, field of engineering and then and then I yeah settled on civil um, okay yeah. you brought up a really good point like like you didn't even know what happened underground right because like nobody nobody really or it's very common I think um for the public to not understand what happens below ground because the only time that it's ever brought up is like in Seattle when there's a storm event and it's causing, you know, an issue to the public. So, you know, I think a lot of those things, like for me being a structural engineer, you see that because you see steel beams going up, you see cores going up. So the public sees that as well. But, you know, when you're doing water and wastewater, so much of that is below grade and it's, it's really hard to even know about it, let alone know about the design of it and what happens with it unless if you kind of seek it out um i think or if you know someone that does it so that that was very interesting point i think that you brought up so yeah yeah and like i said like engineering in general wasn't even like a really known thing to me i didn't even know i wouldn't be able to know that even the stuff at the surface right transportation systems and um, structural systems like i didn't know engineers were behind all that I was just like, somebody, I know people are involved with building this stuff. I want to be those people. I want to be one of those people. That's what I knew. That's as much as I knew. And I think so much of our jobs as engineers is like we virtually plan and and we virtually build things so that it can be built in reality easier and better with a better plan in mind, I think. And I think it is really not that well-known that there's that virtual side of it and a lot of thought and effort and planning and calculations that go into things before the ground. Like you said, I mean, you've been working on this project for five years and all of that has been planned in preparation and design before anything, like before any dirt is even moved. So right. super intriguing. Okay, yeah. 15 years a little bit. So okay. what is one of your least expected hobbies? my least expected hobbies well i'm really good at sports no just kidding i'm not um (laughs) that would be i feel like least expected i don't know um no i think one of my least expected hobbies is um i i I don't know but for me i think people might not expect this is uh plants i love like growing plants in my house i mean this room doesn't have a whole lot in it there's just that one back there but it's a large one um but yeah, I don't know that picture would people would picture me, you know, walking around with a watering can very frequently in my house, you know, my balcony, like watering plants. I, I, I really enjoy it. I love, you know, I, I fancy myself as a green thumb and, uh, and yeah, like I definitely get pride when seeing all my plants are doing really well. Like, um, I definitely enjoy that. Um, and yeah, kind of similar, but, um, maybe not, I don't know, but, uh, I also, baby my dogs I love my dogs I have two dogs and um they're actually both here okay awesome there's one on the ground one on the couch um 
and yeah, just babying them. I just try to give them all my love all the time. What kind of dogs are they? One is a like a rat terrier mix, the one on the ground, and then the one laying down, not facing the camera, is uh, is a Boston terrier. Okay. Do they get along pretty well? They do. They love each other, but they are siblings, and they do fight once in a while. Um, and so it's Joni is the Boston, and so um, she's a lot bigger and stronger than Dexter. So, okay. you know, whenever she turns on him, it's never it's never you know fun for Dexter. That's for sure. Okay. <laughs> so, back to your plants. Do you talk to your plants? I don't. I don't. I think it, I've tried it. Okay. Um, but I never like got into it as like a regular practice. I don't necessarily buy into uh, the idea that it helps them. Okay. I, sure. I'm not saying I know for sure they don't, but yeah, I I don't know. So. Yeah, never picked it up. I, I think it's mainly probably just because I feel like a crazy person. Yeah. <laughs> so I you? talk to my plants. You do? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I do have plants, though. Um, I have plants as well. Um, and maybe at the beginning of quarantine, when I didn't have many people to talk to, I might have talked to them <laughs> twice. But I am not a frequent talker to my plants. So, um, but yeah, I agree. I like plants too. So, okay. Awesome. What is one risk that you have had to take? So professionally, what is one risk oh, that you could, I mean, you could say personally too, either way, it doesn't matter. Open it. Well, no, I have one. I have both. I think. Okay. Okay. I mean, I have two. I think one is definitely professional. The other one is like personal, but kind of is in my professional life for sure. The first one would be, um, so my first year when I was going to community college, right? I mentioned earlier, uh, I, I went to a performing arts high school. I left that part of the high school piece out and I love singing, dancing, uh, performing. And uh, I got a job, like a paying job as working for Planned Parenthood, they had a acting troupe thing called Images Theater, I think it was. And what we did is we basically had like a bunch of skits and songs that we would perform for middle school and high school students, like in assemblies type of thing, and would cover like all, like a bunch of topics from sex, drugs, um, bullying, domestic abuse, pregnancy, all that stuff in a pretty like short, you know, performance, right? With songs and skits and stuff. And anyway, I was getting paid minimum wage. I don't think that the job even paid for my gas to get to and from rehearsals. We put so much time in. And uh, yeah, in the middle of that, I was like, I felt like my school was suffering to be able to like try to keep this dream alive of like having a professional career in performing. And um I made the decision to choose school over performing, kind of seeing the writing on the wall. Like I could barely like buy lunch with what I was making seriously. And I was living at home. Like I was not making any money doing that. Um, and not that that's why I was doing it. I did it because I really enjoyed it. But uh, it, I, I, I viewed it as a risk, like leaving this potentially, you know, this potential career as like a movie star. So for engineering, right? And looking back on it, I'm glad I made that decision, just looking at the odds, but that was like, that was one risk. 
The other one is, um, was me choosing to come out of the closet at age 19. Um, you know, kind of around that same period. It's actually, if you can believe it, when I was, when I was performing, I was not out. I was like, a, you know, a straight guy, you know, trying to sing and dance all the time with, you know, during the day. Um, I feel like that was a tell. But, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, like, you know, meeting my now husband and like, feeling like, accepting of myself you know for the first time like ever pretty much prior to that like I kind of like secretly hated myself I mean I, I'm a, like a lot of people that maybe are straight don't realize that when you're you know when you're gay growing up it is a horrible feeling I mean times have changed for sure but um yeah back then it's just you just hate yourself so to me it was a big risk coming out and yeah I lost like friends through that process but um but it kind of helped me accept who I am and just be cool with it. And if people aren't cool with it, then that's their problem. And, you know, gives me a lot more value for the people that do, you know, value me as a person and, and that aspect of me. So, you know, I think that's the bigger one that paid off uh, because um, I take that everywhere, right? Like I don't hide that from anybody, uh, you know, with, you know, job interviews, not that I say that right out the gate, but if it does come up, if it's relevant, kind of like in this interview, um, I, I'm very open with, about it. Um, and it is a risk every single time. You don't know how people are going to react, but, um, but yeah. So being a, like an out person in civil engineering, <laughs> I'm on construction sites all the time with construction types, like with, uh, you know, heavy civil guys who have these huge, you know, huge equipment and, Anyway, uh, so yeah, I feel like that's kind of like a continued risk that I take every once in a while. And I feel like that's super brave, like to be authentically who you are and to be able to articulate that to everyone. And like at the end of the day, or like when you're on a job site, it's not like those things don't matter. It matters how good you are at your job. And like it, it, when you get to know people, like, and when people get to know you, like those are the things that are most important is how you are at your job and how well you perform at your job. Everything else is what makes you who you are. And that's amazing, but it shouldn't affect, like it shouldn't even have anything to do with your job, you know, like it shouldn't. So right. I commend you for being brave, for being your true self. That's amazing. So and I'm also very lucky, right? Like, I feel like I've been extremely fortunate. I've only been surrounded by people that are very accepting and totally cool with it. You know, any negative experiences from that have been in the minority. So I, I feel very fortunate to feel like that it hasn't affected me in my career. So I do want to point that out that I, you know, I'm blessed to have the people in my life that I have. You know, I feel like it's just been good fortune. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what would you say is one thing that people misunderstand about you? Um, in general or about that specifically or? Just in general, like, I mean, what, like, if there's something that like, like you wish that like, if you run into people, you're like, man, I feel like they took me as this, but really I'm this, like, I wish they would just understand this about me. Yeah, that's a good one. I think, I think, 
I don't know what it's a product of, like my school, you know, engineering can be pretty dry and stuff. And so uh, I think there's a lot of times where I'm like perceived as like very serious and, um, you know, some of that is like coping for something, right? But um, uh, more serious or even um, aggressive um, than how I see myself at times. Mm -hmm. Debatable. Um, debating maybe yes exactly i love the debate i'm just enjoying you know rolling around in the mud and somebody's trying to like you know catch a pig or whatever how the same goes but um yeah i i just uh i think something really important for me is just like having fun right like no matter what we're talking about like however serious it is and i mean that like no matter how serious the issue we're talking about i th i think there's 99.9 percent .9 of the time right there is room for fun and a laugh and to just enjoy the moment right um i find that super important and so you know when when people do express any anything that give me any idea that people like are you know think i'm like an overly serious person or um even worse right like you know aggressively trying to be right or something um that's what i was saying it's a continued work right that we're all doing but um uh yeah, I feel like that's definitely like a, a misunderstanding at times. I'm definitely not that. I'm definitely somebody that just is trying to have fun, trying to do what's best for, you know, everybody. So, um, yeah, that's what comes to mind. Okay. And I think that's, I, I think that's why we connected so much too, is because for that aspect, right, of like super serious, super ambitious, <laughs> but at the yeah. same time, like we got to laugh. Like <laughs> That's right. We had to dance. Yes, we have to laugh and we have to dance and we have to get the plug pulled on uh, Lady Gaga at the karaoke <laughs> place, right? Yes, there's no um, better way to go out. My horrible performance, not yours. Yours is spectacular. <laughs> you did great. You did great. You have more experience, though. Like <laughs> that's true. Good day. <laughs> I peaked at Planned Parenthood, but. <laughs> uh, okay, so who inspires you? Like, who in your life inspires you? This one is really easy for me to answer. Um, and that's my mom. Um, and I always get like, yeah, a little worked up by like talking about this. But, um, you know, growing up with her, you know, she's the only other person in my family that went to college. And growing up, I always, you know, I didn't know exactly what I want to do. There was, you know, we talked about those like ideas that had come up, but there was one constant my entire childhood. And that was that I would go to college. Like I knew that much. I knew I will do this. I see my mom. My mom was my model. She was a single mom, super strong, you know, Lupe Fierro, this small but mighty woman, um, who, you know, worked in an office. She was a professional. Um, she has a business background. She inspired me with that. Um, and she was somebody who was, um, not was, but yeah, um, she's still around. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she was somebody who people underestimated and, um, you know, would kind of, she just always, um, gave her best self and which is a very strong person. You can't, you would never be able to meet her and not kind of appreciate the strength and, um, you know, that 
perseverance that she has. And that's somebody that I just had around me all the time growing up. And so that was like super, you know, helpful for me. And so even today, like I still kind of like use her as a model um, when I think about, you know, like how to stand up for myself or, um, or even just like as a source of strength and, you know, motivation to keep going, you know, she's, she's had a lot of success in her life and she's earned every bit of it. Right. So, um, yeah, that's, that's definitely something like I, I, that's something that I hope to have one day is yeah, an earned success with hard work and all that. That's so awesome. And just like, it, like that is not easy to do, to be the person that works super hard and is successful like that, but still does it humbly and doesn't expect the accolades. And, you know, you, but you know, you see day in and day out how hard she works and all of the things that she did for you and your siblings. So that's amazing. That's awesome. Well, and I feel like there's a lot of similarities between you and my mom, by the way. Right? <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> I mean, just a hardworking professional woman. Um, yeah, and I feel like you, you know, I just, you know, want to say that like that does not go unnoticed by your kids. I feel like they will always have that. Oh, well, thank you. Like, <laughs> okay, we got to really lighten up this here. This is getting right. <laughs> too intense here. Okay, are we going to sing? We're going to lip sync at least. You ready? <laughs> I am. <laughs> okay, Let me cue the DJ. Let me cue the DJ. Well, lip sync, right? We're not going to actually sing, right? We're going to lip sync. We, I think we should lip sync. Do everybody a favor. Okay. Not sing. If you break in the song, go for it. I'm not going to hold you back. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. Hear it? I do hear it. It up. <laughs> so you totally sang, didn't you? Because you were muted. You were. Muted. <laughs> you saw that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. At least for that, especially that last part. That was like that lifted my day up. I love Prince. I freaking love Prince. 